0: This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows.
1: It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mix in just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane.
0: So hard it'll hurt your brain, hot catch you won't ever change, these two here they got the recipe, sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories, and now here's your host, Jerry and Tracy Pauly, and their dog, Ninja.
1: Hey guys, welcome to episode 188 of Hillbilly Horror Stories, I'm Jerry.
0: And I'm Tracy. And we love you.
1: We do. What a week. What a week. Uh, what all a, what kinds a of a emotional ups and downs, uh, personal stuff, business stuff. It's been um, uh, so much stuff chalked into a week. It seems like it's about a month. <laughs> it does. So first and foremost, we want to thank all of our military and civil servants and canine units and apparently chickens, as we were seeing in the picture today, <laughs> um, <laughs> for... Thank you, guys, gals, canines, for everything you do, no matter which country you represent. Thanks for all your hard work and keeping everybody safe and keeping freedom um, out in the forefront.
0: Yes, God bless you all. You guys are amazing, you guys and gals. also want to
1: mention if you're having a hard time right now, you're struggling, life's hard, uh, reach out to somebody if you just need to talk, even if you don't even realize that it's getting to the point to where it could be more serious, just talk. Anytime you're, something's troubling you, you should try to talk to somebody about it.
0: You should, absolutely. You will be surprised how much better you feel.
1: I had a young lady write me a couple of weeks ago, um, very early in the morning. It's like 2 3 o'clock in the morning. And unfortunately, I was asleep and didn't hear my phone go off. Uh, but I talked to her like as soon as I got up the next morning. So it had set for about four hours, which kind of scares me anytime someone yeah, reaches out and right. something sets for that long. And she basically thanked me for talking with her. And then she kind of went off the map for a couple of weeks. And then mm-hmm. I heard back from her today and said that she had checked herself into a hospital good. Uh, to get some help. And then uh, now she's out and things are really good. Her outlook is good. And she just wanted to, you know, thank me for talking to her. Aww. She said she didn't have anybody else to reach out to that night because of the time and all of her friends were gone or not answering and mm-hmm. much the same as I didn't answer, unfortunately. But. Um, she said that it helped that I talked to her and that was one of the decisions that made her go get help. Well,
0: good. God bless her. Don't,
1: don't think that a situation like that just by talking to somebody can't make a difference because it can.
0: Well, good for her. We're proud of you, honey.
1: And if you'd rather talk to the suicide hotline, it's 1-800-273-8255. You can also text at 741-741 if you would rather text than talk to somebody live.
0: Yeah, we're all here for you.
1: And, of course, we got our group, which is all about trying to make people feel better.
0: Absolutely.
1: All right, so before we get into the story, I want to touch on last week. We discussed a couple of reviews, um, and I was extremely hard on said reviewers. And I want to make sure that people realize that maybe I was harder than I should have been. Maybe I took it a little more personal than I should have. But I also want to say that that same day, my father had a heart attack and we were in Louisville for a big part of the day. And then we came home and recorded that episode. So I probably wouldn't in the best frame of mind. Um, I'm not saying that I didn't completely mean everything that I said, but I probably shouldn't have slammed the reviewers the way that I did. And I've since talked to one of the reviewers and, um, you know, this person was in a bad spot as well. Uh-huh. As, as they admitted to me. And, um, you know, I felt bad about some of the things I said about the reviewers and this person felt bad about some of the stuff they said during the review. And, you know, hopefully we're, we're in a better place with each other now, uh, as we both apologized to each other. But nice. I, I, th- I felt like that I needed to apologize in person on here, um, because it's not a good image. It's not an image that we want to put out there. Yes, I was very discouraged because, you know, some of you don't know. Most of you do not know. I quit my job right before we went on vacation um, three weeks ago to do this full time. There is a lot riding on this full time. And in order for this to work, we need to have all those extra episodes, not only because it's good for you. all We always said if we had the opportunity, we would put out more content, but it also is uh, the more episodes that are out it's also, you know, that's part of how we get paid as podcasters, you know, because commercials and stuff are involved and that's just the way that it is. The more you, more you have, the more commercials are at the beginning and the end, those little things that play from Subway and all those things. We get paid for every one of those to get played and the more episodes you have, the more of those get, and that's financially kind of what we need to have happen. So as soon as we do that, the very first week out to get, people saying hey this isn't the same and and trust me some of this is is definitely on us and we are going to put out some introductions on each one of these shows at the beginning kind of disclaimers to let people know this isn't hillbilly horror stories these are bonus additions but hillbilly horror stories will and always be the sunday night episode and uh, so we're going to do a better job we did listen you so many of you guys left reviews
0: yes my goodness as of
1: today it's only been five days because we have to record this early we got family coming in Five days worth of reviews. We got 38 iTunes reviews. Mm -hmm. We've never had more than 30, I don't think. And we've got 38 in five days. 32 of those came in Monday and Tuesday. And it was from you guys basically trying to say, Hey, we care. And here's, here's our way of showing. And we're going to leave a positive review, which was not the intention. Oh my gosh. You guys,
0: I mean, we cannot, we are so humbled still to this day. And for you guys to let us know how you feel about the podcast and what we do. There is a little bit of crying during the week for me that Jerry don't know about because it just touches my heart. It just that you guys would go out of your way to say all these wonderful things. And we appreciate you all so much because you are what matters. You guys matter to us. And we just don't want to feel like we would ever let you guys down because that would be heartbreaking. So, again, thank you guys for all your wonderful reviews. We love you guys so much. And you guys
1: are the best. And I made a comment last week that I want to retract. Um uh, I said I meant most of it. I didn't mean all of it. And, and the reviewer that I spoke to was the one that I made the comment about. When I made the comment that... You know, you can just not listen and we'll be fine without you. You know what? We I'm sure we would be, but that's not how we feel. No, We love each and every listener and we care about what you think. And that's probably what bothered us so much is the fact that we do care what you think. And to see somebody that's a longtime listener say, hey, I don't feel like the show's as good. It hurts. And it, it's not necessarily just a shot. It's just because we feel like we let you down. If that's the way you really feel, there's a reason why you feel that. Regardless of whether it's true, not true, doesn't matter. You feel that way, mm-hmm. and you have a right to have those feelings. And uh, you know, we we wouldn't be where we are without listeners. Oh, so God, to no way. ever make an assumption that we don't care about so much as one listener, and we don't care if you listen or not, that's just not true. It's just not true. And I said that out of anger, and I wished I hadn't. and I told uh, I told this reviewer that I was one hundred percent wrong about saying that, and I apologize specifically for that comment above all the other comments. Mm-hmm.
0: But we all good so. in the hood. So virtual love and hugs to all of you guys out there. Thank you so much. And you
1: guys left a lot of good comments on Facebook and emails and Instagram, and we learned from those. Mm -hmm. And which is which is what we were really looking for. Uh, It wouldn't to divide the fan base up by any means. We don't want to. We want everybody to be one big happy fan base. Period. We you know we're not looking for this listener to get on this listener because that's that's really not what we want. So from your comments, what we did learn. Is that we need to differentiate the shows a little bit better. So we will be recording uh, next week's episodes are already pre-recorded and out there. But after next week, all the little bonus episodes, will have a little uh, disclaimer intro that will let people know this is not the original Hibbley Horror Stories. This is a bonus and you can hear the original on Sunday nights. That way that will help clear up some of the yeah. confusion. So, all right. Are we ready to jump in the story? It took a little bit longer to get into it, but I felt like this one needed to be said at the beginning instead of at the end.
0: I gotcha. No, I'm ready, sweetie.
1: All right, this is the story of Fred Beck. Uh, now I'm sure most people who are really into Bigfoot or Sasquatch probably know this story. But I I think most people may not. So I thought it was kind of a cool story when I ran across it. And we actually, actually wrote this story while we were in, on vacation. Oh, okay. So I posted some pictures on Instagram and stuff of... Writing while we were still on vacation, and this was the story I was actually working on. oh, I'll so gotcha. okay. it's a fun one, so if you mention Mount St. Helens, at least to me, the first and only thing I'm ever gonna think of is when the volcano erupted. yeah, I never had a clue about that there was a Mount St. Helen's until that happened. Now, I was about fourteen years old, and that was in nineteen eighty. I'll never forget just the videos of a volcano mm-hmm. in in a major city in the US. I mean, you see this in other countries. Yeah. But this was in a, you know, in, in a city in the United States and you see all the ash going everywhere and, it's and unbelievable. It was covering cars and mm-hmm. stuff looked like snow and it just blew me away that this was actually happening. I was witnessing this yeah. even even though it was on TV. Fred Beck of Kelso, Washington. He had an incident happen to him in July of 1924 in Mount St. Helens, not inside the volcano, but Ooh. you know, I, I, I guess I should say in the Mount uh, Mount St. Helens area.
0: I was going to say, man, the volcano <laughs> didn't like him and spit him out.
1: Now he's never going to forget. He was never going to forget this episode either. Oh, even, how? Because to him, this was probably more than a volcanic <laughs> eruption. So that's when Fred and four other miners were attacked by what he called. Harry Apes. Now, Fred wrote a book in September of 1967, or should I say he actually told the story to his son Ronald, who then actually wrote the book. So why wait 43 years to tell your story? Well, Fred said that much had been written about that day, and he felt that he should express his views at last. He also chose not to mention the names of the other four miners, Because he didn't want to cause uh, their families any type of, or them, any kind of embarrassment.
0: Oh, okay. That was nice of him.
1: He also wanted to reveal to the public what he believes these creatures actually were. He said, Truth is often stranger than fiction, but strangeness comes from the clouds surrounding our minds, not from the mystery itself. Sounds Fred sounded like he had some uh, smarts smarts on him. Most of this info comes directly from uh, the book that that Fred and his son wrote. The name of that book is titled, I Fought the Ape Man of Mount St. Helens, Washington. (laughs) Interesting title. (laughs) At the time of the incident, uh, Fred had been a prospector in the area for about six years. So he was a Mm miner. Fred and the others were working a, a gold claim that they had in the, in the Mount St. Helens area. It was right where Mount St. Helens and the Lewis River area, uh, in Southwest Washington. The claim was called the Vander White claim. And Fred said that he and the others had spotted some strange footprints right in, in, alongside the, the creek bed in the spring on several occasions while they were up there. We said earlier that Fred didn't name any of the miners, but there was one miner who was kind of like very, uh, very well mentioned throughout this whole thing. So he gave him a pseudonym and his name is Hank. So not really his real name, but when you hear Hank, we know who it is. This miner by the name of Hank, as we'll call him, like Fred did, he was always nervous after seeing these prints because some of these were 19 inches long.
0: Damn. I'd be nervous, too.
1: They knew that there was no normal animal anywhere in that vicinity that was as big Mm -hmm. as an animal would have to be to leave a 19-inch footprint. These footprints were usually seen in a canyon that was about two miles uh, from Mount St. Helens uh, that people know today as Ape Canyon because of the attack on the Five Miners. It was a hot day in the middle of July. They had made a, a really great haul that day, and everybody was was all excited. Mm-hmm. you know their, Fred uh, had a killer toothache though yeah, oh, and he asked Hank if he would take him to the dentist, the closest to you know the closest town. Hank was kind of a jerk though and quickly said no, saying that neither God nor the devil could get him away from there right now because he was excited about his haul and he didn't want to leave. Aw. Unfortunately. Apparently, he's never had a toothache. (laughs) Apparently not. So, unfortunately, though, they all came together in Hank's vehicle. So, Fred didn't really have a choice, but go back. Go back, because unless Hank took him to the dentist, he didn't have anybody to take him. So, he was kind of stuck. So, Fred just suffered with his toothache. And when they got back to the camp, he couldn't even eat their beans and pancakes the rest of the crew had for dinner. Now, I don't know if these were um, pancakes flapjacks like you would eat for breakfast. Probably cornbread. I'm guessing they were cornbread. Mmm.
0: Fried cornbread. Love it. Fried cornbread and beans. I uh, love it. And I'm sure
1: that's what it was. was I bet it was,
0: too. Well, he must have really been hurting because those two things are soft and shouldn't...
1: Right, you should. You would think you'd be able to eat beans. Mm. Oh, he
0: could have went to the other side of his mouth, but you know, when you're in pain, you don't think of that. Yeah. I'm sure.
1: So the guys had been hearing some strange noises after dark for about a week now.
0: Well, it's probably him moaning from a toothache.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was. <laughs> he described it as a shrill, peculiar whistling, almost every night. It also seemed like some type of communication because they would hear a whistle from one ridge and then a reply from another ridge. But that was only one of the sounds they heard. Maybe it was an echo. <laughs> I think it was an echo. Why? Because an echo I don't think would have sounded like it was coming from the other part. I don't think it would have come from across a ridge.
0: Yeah, sure it.
1: Well, I don't know. I'm not an expert on echoes. <laughs> <laughs> either way the other sound that they heard was a loud thumping sound that they said sounded like maybe a large beast beating its chest i don't know why <laughs> i'm not going to be too critical of them, but i don't understand when you hear a thumping how you automatically think it's a creature beating their chest
0: that's not what i was thinking
1: what was you thinking
0: Meeting his meat
1: how many times do i gotta remind you this is a family show
0: I could have been meaning his meat that he just captured. You don't even know. Okay. Like to tenderize it.
1: (laughs) You know, I would figure that most people think one of us would screw up like this. It would be me.
0: Uh, What do you mean?
1: With with saying constant. uh, Oh. All right. At this point, Hank and Fred, they went to the spring to go get some water. It was only about 100 yards away, so they felt fine about it. But they decided to take their rifles because of all the strange noises they made. Oh, hey, I would, too. So as soon as they get to the spring, Hank yelled uh, and quickly held up his rifle. Fred looked in the direction that, that Hank was looking at, and he saw a hairy creature about 100 yards away. Now, it was on the other side of the canyon, standing right next to a pine tree. It ducked behind a tree, and it stuck its head out
0: and said, na-na-na-boo-boo.
1: Boo. <laughs> you know, somebody wrote a review that said that now they can't hear phenomena without thinking of...
0: Um, when I go, na 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 they
1: can't hear phenomena without thinking oh, that gosh. now. Oh, Sorry, y'all. Anyways, Hank shoots and hits the tree three times. The approximately seven-foot-tall brown-and-black furred creature took off, and he disappeared for a short time. Then they saw it again. It was running very fast and on two legs upright, just like a man. Now, this was about 200 yards away from them at the time when they re-saw the creature. Fred said he shot three times at it, but they lost view of it. It is F- a bad shot. Well, 200 yards away is pretty far. It's two oh, football fields.
0: It? Oh, I guess it is.
1: Hank and Fred get back to the cabin with the water. That's pretty cool they didn't even drop the water. So they get back to the cabin with the water, and they told the other three what had happened. They decided, uh, we're leaving tomorrow morning. And the only reason they didn't leave tonight was because it was starting to get dark by the time they loaded up their stuff and would have gotten the car and left. It would have already been dark, and they they didn't want to be traveling out there at dark.
0: No, yeah, that'd
1: be scary. So they stayed at night in this log cabin that they had built themselves. Not, not Apparently, sometime before. I think they've had this. Oh, like how said, they, cool. They had been mining there for six years. So oh, I think gosh, they, this yeah. was something they built over time. Very nice. They said it was a pretty sturdy cabin, according to Fred, and, and it had no windows, which right now they were pretty happy about.
0: Oh, God, yeah. Wake up and see that hairy face in there looking at you.
1: I found this kind of unique when he was describing the cabin. He said there was two long bunks in the cabin. It it went the length of the wall, and each one held two people foot to foot. Mm -hmm. So they just laid in it. Yeah, played footsie. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know that they played footsie. Oh, and for those wondering, Fred's tooth was no longer hurting. He thinks that the excitement uh, temporarily took the pain away. So I don't know if that's...
0: He just focused on that instead of
1: his tooth. So they're in their beds asleep now. So we're going to fast forward a little bit. It's around midnight. Everybody was awakened by a loud thump on the cabin wall. Hank was also screaming because uh, when, you know, whatever this was ran into the cabin, it knocked some of the mortar between the logs loose. And it landed on Hank's chest, who was sleeping on the floor. Because they oh, had five of them. They had crap. two bunks. So they had two in each bunk. And then one of them slept on the floor. And that was Hank. Wow. So, yeah. And you know what I think Maybe about it was a
0: it. big. You know what I think about?
1: What? Little House on the Prairie.
0: No. no. Uh, Tommy Boy. I th- no, not Tommy Boy, but the other one. Black Sheep. Remember when they were standing in the cabin and that big-ass boulder yeah. came down and knocked the house off the foundation? <laughs> right. Do you remember? Yes, I do. Maybe it's a big boulder.
1: Okay. But it's not. Because we well, already discussed they're being be attacked by Bigfoot. So we kind of, I hate to be the one to give away the ending, but we all already know what's going to happen. Okay. <laughs> but, anyways, think about a log cabin, how it has the mortar in between each one. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Mort- however, it's made. Some of it's mud, some of it's mm-hmm. whatever it was, a big chunk of it got knocked out. That's crazy. And it's landing on Frank. Now, Frank, or Hank Frank. <laughs> I was getting Fred and Hank mixed together. <laughs> so Hank always slept with his Remington automatic rifle nearby, so he was quickly waving it around. Then they heard a ruckus outside. It sounded like several feet outside, trampling around the cabin. They grabbed their guns. Hank looked out the little hole that was actually made where the mortar had been knocked out. Yeah. Now you got a gap.
0: Oh, God, yeah.
1: For In between the things. So he looks out there. He saw three of these creatures together, but he said it sounded like several more. Fred says that stories were written in Washington and Oregon newspapers about this attack. Some said that the creature threw boulders at the cabin. There you go. Hey! (laughs) And some of the boulders crashed through the roof, but this was not the case. He said there were some large rocks in the area, but the creature threw some of the smaller ones and none of them actually came through the roof. A few came down the chimney into the fireplace, but that was it. Fred even said that some stories said that he was hit in the head with a rock and knocked unconscious, but that did not happen either. Keep in mind, one of the reasons he wrote this book was to correct stories that were out there that he just got tired of listening to. So, they fired their guns to try to scare the creatures away, but they only did this when the creatures were attacking. So, like, if there was a time where there was some silence going on,
0: That's and they the were actively attacking,
1: well, they didn't shoot their guns in. And the whole point of this was, they figured if they stopped shooting when the creatures quit attacking, that they would realize that, hey, they were only trying to defend themselves And then hopefully the creatures would realize, hey, we'll just go away. Yeah. They won't, you know, they are not trying to shoot us unless we're attacking them. So we're better off to get the hell out. So they braced the door to the cabin with a log from one of the bunk beds. When the creatures climbed on the roof, the men shot through the roof. They also fired many rounds through the door as the creatures were trying to push the door open. They pushed against the walls on the cabin like they were trying to turn it on its side. Hank and Fred did most of the shooting because the other three men were in the back of the cabin, scared as hell. (laughs) Which is probably one of the reasons why he didn't mention them for embarrassment. Yeah. He said one of them had a pistol and the other two had rifles, but they were so scared that they pretty much just stood back there and shook so they weren't much help.
0: What a bunch of wusses.
1: <laughs> so the attack went on all night. And it had a few little small breaks in between. But for the most part, they were pretty steady. Oh my God, how exhausting. At one point, one of the creatures reached through the hole where the mortar had been knocked out. And he grabbed an axe. Mm. Well, he grabbed the handle, I should say. He, But he grabbed the axe. Fred quickly grabbed the head of the axe and turned it so that it wouldn't fit through the space of the wall. Cause if it was long ways, it would have just went straight hey, through the hole. Yeah. But he turned it the other way so it would get hung. And then he snatched it. He said, Hank shot at the creature at the same time, barely missing Fred. So at the same time Fred's grabbing this axe handle, Hank's shooting, trying to shoot at it. So you can imagine how that could have been a disaster if he runs yeah. to grab a handle at the same time that he goes to shoot. mm Fred said the only part of the encounter that he can laugh about now is Hank singing, If you leave us alone, we'll leave you alone, and we'll go home in the morning.
0: Mm-hmm. He was singing that? He was
1: singing that. I can imagine it sounded like, If you leave us alone, no, we a, will go
0: home in the morning.
1: That's a Chicago song. Anyways, not a, not a uh, Washington song. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. He said that Hank was dead serious, thinking that his singing would uh, get to them and they would actually go away. So that, you could imagine that would be funny. Oh, yeah. This guy's, I guess they're trying to use the old adage, music. Uh, Try to
0: sing them to sleep so they can make their suits, escape. Music savage breast. <laughs> yeah.
1: Daylight comes right after the attack ended. So it's almost like they knew, well, we're going to stop at dawn or whatever. So, as soon as it was light enough to see outside, they walked out of the cabin. Fred almost immediately saw one of the the beasts about 80 yards away, close to the edge of Ape Canyon. Fred says that he fired three shots and saw the creature fall over a cliff and down into a a gorge. And that was about a 400-foot drop. (gasps) You think he killed him? That's what he's thinking. So, they grabbed just whatever they could and they get their backpacks. They left over $200 worth of supplies in the cabin, which we're talking about the 20s. So, $200 That's was a lot, a lot of, of money. That's a lot of supplies. They decided it was better to, to lose some supplies as opposed to losing their lives. Mm-hmm, so, they weren't mm-hmm. going to take that chance. So, Fred tried to persuade the others not to tell anybody about what happened at the cabin. And they all agreed. But Hank went against the agreement almost immediately. <laughs> So they make their way to a place called Spirit Lake, and Hank went into the ranger station to talk to a park ranger who they had previously told about the strange uh, footprints and tracks that they had found.
0: Right, so he had told them before all this stuff. Right, and the okay. ranger
1: had asked Hank that if he ever found, figured anything out, what kind of animal it was or something like that, to let him know. So he did. Needless to say, the ranger was completely baffled. Then the five get home. Hank tells some of his friends in Kelso, Washington, so, for somebody that wasn't going to say anything, he's now told the park ranger, and now Hank's also told some of his friends in Castle Washington. Well, how do you keep that to yourself? Well, the other four apparently did. I don't know if I could. Of course, this all soon leaked out to the newspapers. Before long, newspaper reporters from Portland, Oregon, to Seattle, Washington, as well as, as uh, a big game hunter from England were interviewing the prospectors to find out. You know, what happened? People flocked from all over to the Mount St. Helens area to try to get a look at, at these great hairy apes as as uh, Hank and Fred described them.
0: Okay, so the other guys eventually opened up and told their story.
1: Yes. Okay. Yes, as, as they started getting approached. Now, Fred went back uh, to the area with a detective from Portland and two reporters they saw some of these same tracks, and he took some pictures. They couldn't find uh, any evidence other than that of the creature dead or alive. Now, obviously, people were skeptical. And, and when I say they couldn't find anything dead or alive before I move on, remember that he shot the one.
0: Yeah, he the said, one that fell down the, right. big, the big hole.
1: And they searched all over that area in that gorge, nothing. and they couldn't find anything. Now, this was a couple months later.
0: Well, well, that he could have move, definitely moved on. And the blood, if you had blood, it would have washed away right. if it rained. And so all, all kinds
1: of stuff could have happened. So like I said, people were skeptical. And that's Fred's story that he stuck to until the day that he died. So there were some other sightings, though, besides the five prospectors in this area. So if while everybody's dogging them about their stories, they're not the only people who've had sightings. June 27th and 28th of 1964, two different Portland groups saw a creature that they deemed to be 7 to 10 feet tall and hairy, but, according to the person you talked to, it either had beige hair or very dirty white hair. One of the groups were were some people in a car, and they were on Forest Road. They said they saw a creature with their headlights, like, kind of shining on it. And it definitely was huge. It definitely was covered in hair. And it was right there at Ape Canyon, right where these other creatures had been seen. So the other couple was a couple that were fishing on Lewis River. They saw a creature that was bigger than any human that they had ever seen, and it ran off into the brush. Now, those two accounts, obviously, were from back-to-back days in, in the 60s. And we talked about this story happened in the 20s. But, this legend goes back even before white men had even settled in the area. Forestry employees have investigated several reports of strange creatures. Native Americans, however, they think, if you listen to legend... That the Apes were ferocious, silatic tribe of Native Americans. They lived like wild animals in caves of the Cascade Mountains. Mm-hmm. So this is a bit of, that ties in with the story from the area. In 1950, an experienced skier and mountaineer by the name of Jim Carter, he vanished on the mountain. Bob Lee was a member of the Seattle Mountain Search and Rescue Unit. And he was from the Portland area. He was part of a search party that was trying to find Jim Carter. So Bob was very experienced and he knew the mountain very well. He said that during the search for Carter, he had the most eerie experience that he had ever had. Every time he got cut off from the rest of the search party and he was by himself, He felt like someone was always watching him. The story of Carter is that he was on this mountain and on a beautiful, warm, clear Sunday with a bunch of other friends. He went off on his own to take a picture. He told the group that, that he would be skiing to um, the left and he was never seen again. So they give this information the search party, and they said that the direction that he was going toward was straight towards Ape Canyon. Mm-hmm. No trace of Carter or his equipment was ever found, even though the area was thoroughly searched for two straight weeks. Here's the key to all this so he said that he would be traveling to the left of the group, but his tracks, however, Took suddenly off down the mountain in a wild, deadly run that no experienced skier would have made, unless he was possibly being chased. Yeah, by I was something. gonna say trying to get away from something. As far as Ape Canyon and Ape Cave, there have been many reports of footprints in that area, some as long as eighteen inches long, and they do look to be human. So most people think that the Native American theory of it being You know, this tribe makes the most sense. And maybe that's what attacked the people, you know, Fred and Hank Mm -hmm. and the rest of the crew back in the 20s was just this group of wild Native Americans. Yeah. That may have looked like hairy people, but may have just been wild men. But I guess we'll never know because nobody's ever found the solution.
0: Very interesting.
1: So I thought that was a very cool story. Yeah, very, very good story. So with that being said, lots of stuff going on. We have a boatload, as I've been informed, is a uh, apparently a unit of measurement. But we've got a bunch of iTunes reviews to read. And Patreon. Before I do, I want to say thanks to everybody who bought tickets to the live shows coming up this week. Yay! Bunch of you are jumping on board. Thank you so much. First one is Louisville, the 25th. We got Brohio, Bishop James Long, the exorcist. You've seen him on Ghost Adventures. I don't hold that against him. And you've seen him on Portals to Hell and the History Channel, a bunch of other stuff. He's awesome. Yes, he is. You don't want to miss this. And then, of course, we got uh, Brohio and History Goes Bump there. This is going to be a fun show. It's first happy. time we've had four full-length acts. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. Two to six on a, on a Saturday the 25th. And then a lot of us are going to go over to Waverly, which I bought our tickets already. I don't know if I told you not. No, you did not. Yeah, I bought them like a month ago. Oh, cool. Okay. So that'll be cool. We're not a uh, you know affiliated with Waverly in any way, shape, or form. We love Correct. You. We love you, Tina Maddenley. Yes, we Thank do. You. Okay. And then Indianapolis, Gettysburg, Pigeon Forge with the Graveyard Tales guys. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Not to mention Bobby Mackey's. Not to mention... Um, Savannah. Savannah, Charleston. God, it's going to be so much fun.
0: I know. I'm excited.
1: So Can't anyways. wait
0: to meet you guys.
1: All right. I to reviews. I'm going to go through these as quickly as possible because you guys are awesome, so I want to make sure you get your recognition, but it's also a lot of names. Becky EJP. Looks like American Girl. Let Me Focus. Real Crime Fan. P, Bobo, Kentucky Squirrel, 393, D,
0: 11874,
1: St. Farm Girl. State Farm Girl. Oh, State Farm Girl. I guess they would said ST, so it could have went either Yeah, one. sorry. Well, thank you for being our neighbor. Karen <laughs> Schull, Farm Amy Abrams, there. B, Shatz, 603. I think uh, he's going to actually come on and tell us a story. <gasps> Good. Too, so I'm working on that. Good. Nola Lady, 74, Jake. Forty eight twenty four. Do you know State Farm girl? <laughs> <laughs> Cassidy two thirty four. Calm Mom, five. Annoyed within this app. One forty two. Carla Rockster twenty six. Ryan from the Mon Valley. Valerie Mitt nine. Jay Reynolds and Gabby. Come on, separate and get your own accounts. We can get two reviews out of you. Carmen R four V three N six eight nine seven. Kate G R K A I T. Renee Thames, S. Zeller, Kickcock269. Come on, it's a family show. <laughs> Diva Diana, Fados Redux, Citrus Sunshine, Golly Beal, Mazinger Me, Mom101609, SUV Mom04, Ellie Brogan, and Mishki. That's her doggie. Oh, oh, cool. Stephanie 614, Pig McPickerson. <laughs> maybe my favorite. Patreons this week, Deidre Reinhardt, Ty Nunguster. Ty's been number four. Thanks. Aaron Marlowe and Pam. Thanks for wow, all you
0: do. Wow, you guys are so amazeballs. That's great.
1: Yeah. Record number of iTunes reviews this week, and We are recording on Friday, so we're actually cut it off two days early. Yeah. But anybody right after that to be on next week's. Yeah, you guys are awesome. We, you are we, awesome. We love you. Uh, I said awesome. Is, you awesome. Um, it's been a really, really, like I said, emotional week. My dad had some surgery on Saturday. He had a heart attack, but then he had to have surgery again on Tuesday. Or i say surgery is more of a procedure. Uh, but they told him on Monday night that it was only fifty-fifty that he would come out of this procedure. So we quit what we were doing. We went up to the hospital Monday night, stayed, got back home at 11 o'clock p.m., had to get right back up at 4.30, go back up there for the procedure, and stayed all day up there. And everything went fine. But needless to say, he was very scared. We were all very scared. And it was an emotional 24 hours.
0: So thank you guys uh, for your prayers, because they worked.
1: Absolutely. So, well, guys, that's it. You got anything to add this week?
0: Just much, much love to you guys. We love you all so very much. And thank you for hanging in there with us. We appreciate it. And yeah. I hope you all have a great weekend. And spring is just around the corner.
1: And we are to the point now to where we do need more listener stories. Now mm-hmm. that we're doing that episode on Tuesdays uh, for Paranormal Encounters, when we feature a story, I'm not saying that the one that you tell us will make it on that episode, uh, but It's either going to end up there or it's going to end up on our Patreon episode when we do the listener story. So we do a listener story for Patreon and we do listener stories for the main episode. So I don't know which one to end up on. But we definitely need listener stories for both. So you can write them or we would prefer you actually call and tell us about them. Yeah, awesome. We'd love to hear from you. send us a message if you got one and we'll go from there. All right. Thank you, guys.
0: Bye. Love you.